Hey now, ladies and gentlemen. Hey now, ladies and gentlemen. It is over the line. Andrew McLean, brand new episode here with you again. So glad to be here. We missed a couple days this week, but that's all right. We're going to keep going. We got an election coming up in less than a week. We are less than a week away. I know that's crazy to believe. There's some days where this this election cycle seems like it's been going on for five years. And there's other times where it feels like it just started. Like today, I was thinking about it. I'm like, it, it feels like we just started this election. That we we just found out Sleepy Joe Biden is going up against President Trump. And here we are at the end of the road. Donald Trump's out there knocking down, what, three campaign stops a day. And, and Joe Biden's doing... One a week with about 15 attendees tops. But he's getting after it. You got to give the guy credit because I didn't even expect he would do any campaign rallies. I assumed he would stay in his basement for the remainder of the campaign, but he didn't. So congratulations, Joe Biden. Here's what we want to do today. And this is not what we normally do. But I feel this is very important, and this may go a little longer than I anticipate just because of the length of this interview. But last night on Fox News is uh, Tucker Carlson tonight. Tucker Carlson dedicated his entire show to this Bobolinsky character who had come out right before the third and final debate to let everybody know that he was a business partner with Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, and Joe's brother, Jim, in setting up deals with the communist Chinese government and others literally endangering our national security. Now, you, your first question is, why would somebody come out and say something like that? Why would they come out with that information? They know how the Democrats are. This guy is going to end up suiciding himself. Well, this is a guy who he and his family for generations have served in our military, has a very respected family history in that sense, and takes that stuff very seriously. So when word first got out that this was going on and that this guy was involved, the response from the Joe Biden campaign was, this is Russian disinformation, which ultimately accuses Bobolinsky as being some sort of Russian agent that's working with Russia in order to take down Joe Biden. That's where Bobolinsky said, you know what? That's it. I'm done. That's when he came out before the final debate, made the statements he made, and is now on Tucker Carlson tonight telling the entire story. A lot of people are confused and they think that the Trump campaign set up this Bobolinsky thing before the debate. And maybe they facilitated it, but they didn't initiate it. This guy wanted to get in front of some cameras and defend his family name. And that's all it comes down to. This is, this is a guy who, any donations he's made in the past to politicians have all been Democrat. He's not a political guy in, in a general sense. But the little bit of politics he's dealt with, it's always been Democrat. And now that party has turned their back on him and literally tried to destroy his family with these kind of allegations. 
You can imagine, those of you that watch this show and, and you've served in the military, you have generations in your family served in the military, you know how serious you take that. So if somebody at the highest level, like a former vice president that's trying to become president, accuses you of being a Russian asset, which literally tatters your family name, how are you going to react to that? Exactly. So Bob Alinsky last night, we're going to go through this. And I'll start and stop, Willie, and kind of give some commentary in between. But I think it's very important that you guys see this because this is this is kind of a big deal if you missed it. I know a lot of y'all watched it, but uh, you're going to watch it again. So get ready. Here's uh, Tucker Carlson um, tonight, last night. Connection to this deal came through James Gillier, who's an English businessman who you, correct me if I'm wrong, you had met while doing business in various different countries. You talked about doing deals. Then on... Christmas Eve 2015, he sent you the following text, which explained the deal with China that he wanted you to become part of. And I just want to read the first sentence of this. There will be a deal between one of the most prominent families from the U.S. and them constructed by me. Yes, that's correct. Tell me what he was saying. So James Gillier was referencing something that he had been working on throughout 2015 with Rob Walker in a Chinese company called CEFC, and he had uh, been traveling around the world developing that deal, and that text was just the culmination of him making me aware that the deal was moving forward. So he, he doesn't say, I want to do a deal with you and me and Hunter Biden, or even you, me, Hunter Biden, and Jim Biden. He said, between one of the most prominent families from the United States. He's talking about the Biden family. Yes, that's correct. It was never about Hunter Biden or Jim Biden. It was about the family name, the Biden legacy. At this point, Joe Biden was the sitting vice president of the United States. Yes, that's correct. Okay, so I want to fast forward to 2017. Here's the irony in all this, is that this all revolves around the Biden name. And using the Biden name to influence China, well, I guess vice versa, but to coerce money out of China, which then China is going to assume is going to buy them influence in the U.S. And in turn, in turn for Bobolinsky being a part of this deal, he gets his family name tattered. What are the chances? Early May 2017. And at this point, you've agreed to become part of this deal. Hunter Biden, Jim Biden, the vice president's brother, James Gillier, and they're asking you to meet with the former vice president in Los Angeles. Describe the context. Describe why they wanted you to meet with him. Okay. Uh, across those days in uh, Los Angeles in May of 2017 that you're referencing, I met uh, with Hunter Biden uh, multiple times at the Chateau Marmont and, um, and Rob Walker. And uh, the discussion was they wanted me to sit down with their father just to meet him and uh, at a high level discuss the Biden family and how they approach things. Let me ask you to pause. Will you explain to us who Rob Walker is? Yeah, uh, Rob Walker uh, was a partner in Rosemont Seneca and had a very close relationship with the Biden family and had developed and been working with James Gillier throughout 2015 and 2016 to develop this deal with the Chinese and CFC. What was his relationship with the Biden family? Um, so my understanding is Rob uh, had worked in prior administrations and had a very, very close relationship. In fact, in Rob Walker's own words, in an email to me, he states that uh, you know everyone was contributing 
or telling me how they wanted to participate in Sinohawk. And in an email, he basically states in his own words to me, I want to continue acting as a proxy for Hunter Biden, Jim Biden, and the Bidens around the world. Now, Sinohawk is important to know that Sinohawk is the company that they've created, and, and it, it was built from a couple of different things. I, I don't remember what the Sino stood for, but the Hawk stood for uh, Hunter Biden's late brother was his favorite animal or something. So th this this is a 100%. Sinohawk is a 100% Biden company that it was built to buy influence around the world. world. The Biden family. The Biden family. So they wanted you to meet with the former vice president in L.A. How did yes, that play out? That's correct. Um, the, uh, um, uh, the former vice president was flying in and uh, we were to meet at the Beverly Hilton. Uh, the Milken conference was going on, obviously one of the top three conferences in the world for anybody that's a global investor or um, developing different humanitarian causes and yeah. a variety of things. And he was, uh, Joe was flying in to speak uh, about the cancer and the moonshot stuff he was working on and Hunter and everyone was in town and they wanted to coordinate me meeting with Joe. And so it was set up for the night of May 2nd at the Beverly Hilton. Um, I met, first met with uh, Hunter Biden and uh, Jim Biden and uh, just had a you know, light discussion where they briefed me that, listen, you know, my dad's on the way and uh, you know, we won't go into too much detail on the business front, but we'll just spend time talking at a high level about you, your background, the Biden family, and then you know, he's got to get some rest because he's speaking as a, uh, at the conference in the morning. So this was at night. The president, vice president has just flown across the country. He's an older man. He's got work to do. Correct. But they carved out a piece of his schedule for you to meet with him. Why, why would they do that? Um, because they were sort of whining and dining me and presenting the strength of the Biden family uh, to get me more engaged and want to take on the CEO role uh, and, you know, um, develop Sinohawk both in the United States and around the world in partnership with uh, CEFC. And uh, I, I now, now Bobolinsky, Tony Bobolinsky is a major financial investor. He's well known. He's good at what he does, and that's why the Bidens brought this guy in. Whether it was friend of a friend of a friend or whatever, they knew this guy was good at what he does. So what they did is they got him here. Whining and dining him, as he says, trying to sell him on teaming up in order to sell the Biden name to China. As you can imagine, I've been asked uh, by 100 people over the last month, you know, why would you be meeting with Joe Biden? And I sort of turned the question around to the people that asked me, why at 1038 on the night of May 2nd would Joe Biden take time out of his schedule to sit down with me in a dark bar at the Beverly Hilton, sort of positioned behind a column so people couldn't see us, to have a discussion about his family and my family and uh, business at a very high level uh, where Jim Biden sat and Hunter Biden participated in. I'm irrelevant in the story. Um, I, they weren't raising money from me. There was no other reason for me to be in that bar meeting Joe Biden than to discuss what I was doing with his family's name uh, in the Chinese CFC. He's, and this is a company with direct connections to the communist government of China. So he, 
the former vice president has said he had no knowledge whatsoever of his son's business dealings and was not involved in them at all. But this sounds like direct involvement in them. Yeah, that's a blatant lie. When he states that, that is a blatant lie. Obviously, the world's aware that I attended the uh, debate last Thursday. And uh, in that debate, he made a specific statement around questions around this from the president. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I uh, almost stood up and screamed liar and walked out because I was shocked um, that after four days or five days that they prepped for this, that the Biden family is taking that position to the world. Um, and once again, I'm irrelevant in this discussion. I just was brought in to run this company and have uh, been exposed to all of this fact. And I believe the American people should see this fact. I would have much preferred the Biden family go on record and define these facts for the American people and the globe versus me sitting here uh, having a discussion with you on it. So Joe Biden has not denied meeting with you in Los Angeles, correct? Correct. Tell us about the conversation that you had with him. Um, so I initially was sitting, uh, because I got there a little earlier, was sitting with Jim Biden and Hunter Biden. And um, Joe came through the lobby with his security. And Hunter um, basically said, hey, give me a second. I'll go over and give me 10 minutes to brief my dad uh, and read him in on things. And so then Hunter and his father and security came through the bar. And uh, obviously, I stood up out of respect to shake his hand. And uh, Hunter introduced me as uh, this is Tony, dad, uh, the individual I told you about that's helping us with the business that we're working on and the Chinese. So it was clear to you that Joe Biden's son had told him about this business. Crystal clear. Crystal clear. Tell us about the conversation that subsequently occurred between you and Joe Biden. So the conversation, as you're well aware, Tucker, I grew up the son of a career naval officer. So the president of the United States was always the commander in chief, whether they were a Democrat or Republican or other. And so I had the highest respect for Joe and the, uh, you know, the office that he had held. And so I stood up and shook his hand. And uh, obviously we sat down and I think ordered some drinks. I think uh, Jim Biden was hungry and might have ordered some food. And, um, you know, Joe asked me to talk about my background, my family. He thanked me for my service. Um, I'm obviously very proud of that out of my brother's service and my grandfather's service. And uh, then he walked through sort of his family, um, you know, obviously some of the tragedies they've dealt with, his political career in a high level. Um, you know, we didn't go into de too much detail in business because Hunt, prior uh, to Joe showing up, Hunter and Jim had coached me. Listen, we won't go into too much detail here. This is just a high level discussion and meeting. So it's not like I was drilling down with Joe about cap tables and and uh, and details. So you said that they wanted you to meet Joe Biden as a way to induce you to participate in this deal. You were you were the actual business guy here who had management experience, deal experience. But it also sounds like Joe Biden was vetting you to some extent. Yes, of course. Like um, I didn't request to meet with Joe. They requested that I meet with Joe. And, uh, you know, he's putting his um, and Hunter says this in writing. It was uh, referenced multiple times. Uh, they were putting their entire family legacy on the line. They knew exactly what they were doing. They were dealing with a Chinese owned, you know, uh, enterprise uh, run by Chairman Yi, CFC, that had strong financial support and political support. 
from the Chinese Communist Party. That's how it was presented to me. That's not my own words. That's how they presented it to me and read me in on it. And uh, my they, they, they being Gillier and Hunter they Biden. They being Hunter Biden, who was very proud of that and taking credit for it when I sat with him for two hours on the patio of the Chateau Marmont in L.A. Proud that they were doing a deal with the Chinese Communist Party? Well, proud that they were that he had the relationship with Chairman Yi, who was running uh, CFC, and the ability for them to get deals done around the world and stuff like that. You've seen a number of journalists, reporters, covering this story, including some who should know better, declare triumphantly that no document you've released connects the former vice president to this deal. How do you react to that? What's your answer to it? So you can imagine what I've been through over the last uh, couple months and um, knowing all this to be fact and watching Joe Biden and, uh, and his family and their lawyers uh, trout around the world stating that there was no involvement or even at the debate, Joe Biden referenced that you've seen my tax returns and there's no money from foreign you know, enterprises in that. I want to simplify this for the American people as much as I can. On May 13th, that email was sent from James Gillier to me. I didn't generate that email. James Gillier generated that email. And in that email, James Gillier goes through intimate detail of what each individual's requests were from a compensation perspective and how the equity in the enterprise would be divvied up. Very important, May 13th, that email was generated by somebody else to me. In that email, there's a statement where they go through the equity. Jim Biden's referenced as, you know, 10% doesn't say Biden, it says Jim. And then it has 10% for the big guy held by H. I 1000% sit here and know that the big guy is referencing Joe Biden. Um, it's that's crystal clear to me because I lived it. I met with the former vice president in person multiple times. And I had been meeting and talking with Hunter Biden and, and uh, Jim Biden and Rob Walker and James Gillier. Where the media has tried to hide, and I personally feel it's disgusting, is between that May 13th email and the final document that was executed called Oneida Holdings, LLC. In Oneida Holdings, LLC, the equity is broken up 20% Hunter Biden, 20% Jim Biden. Well, they are LLCs that represented them. Right. 20% James Gillier, 20% Rob Walker, and 20% me and my investment entity. What I'd ask the American people to read and look at is how from May 13th to the final Oneida document that got executed, did Jim Biden go from a 10% owner to a 20% owner? That's not my question to answer. I'm sure there were discussions within the Biden family. I wasn't privy to that discussion. But this is Jim Biden, the brother of the potential future president of the United States, it's not a distant cousin. It's not an employee. It's his brother who, in documents, defines himself as a political advisor to his brother. And so I'll leave that to the American people to answer that. But I don't understand how the American journalist is allowing that gap to be even talked about and defined. So uh, can we take a moment to look at Jim Biden? Because <laughs> you, don't, you don't see him a lot. You don't see a lot of pictures of Jim Biden on the news or anything else. Look at these two. It, it's like, you know, Jim Biden's just as creepy as Joe, but I mean, they almost look identical. That's, uh, that's scary. But listen, that's an important point. 
that Jim Biden is running around talking about how much influence he's got with the Biden name, using the Biden name, and that he is the brother of Joe Biden, okay? As as Tony Bobolinsky said, he's not uh, an employee, he's not he's not a distant cousin, he's not just somebody that's far outside Joe Biden's circle that's just kind of using what he's got, what he's related to to get what he wants. This is someone by Joe Biden's side. And what makes it worse is that he's low key by Joe Biden's side. And as I say as I stated, you never see Jim Biden's picture. This is probably for a lot of you guys the first time you're seeing or even hearing of Jim Biden. But he's right there the whole way. He's got all of Joe Biden's secrets. He's got all of Hunter Biden's secrets. And he's using that name to peddle influence in the in the countries of our enemies. Okay. This is a bombshell. This is a bombshell, not only because of what we've gone through the past four years with the with the accusations of Russian collusion and the president being called a Russian asset and all this other craziness. But this is a bombshell on its face with what it contains, with the information this contains. This this is actually dangerous. The freakout that you saw from people like Adam Schiff, Nancy Pelosi, Democrats in Congress, the freakout that you saw them, how frantic they were over the fact that over the, the thought that the president of the United States could be some sort of Russian as- asset or someone who was beholden to countries that are our enemy because they owe them money or they took money from them or whatever the case. This is the real thing. This is the real reason to be freaked out. And those same people that were freaked out over fake Russian collusion with Trump are absolutely silent on this and are actively trying to bury it. This is an intimate threat to our national security, without a doubt. This is exactly why, for years and years and years, our politicians have put policies in place that have shipped our jobs overseas. It's because they're getting money stuffed in their pockets. And they put policies in place that make us less competitive, thus our jobs end up in China. It's as simple as that. This is not complicated. It may may sound complicated as you listen to the whole story in bulk. But what it comes down to is China gives politicians money. Politicians put policies in place that then pay China back by shipping their jobs over there. That all they do is make it less competitive. They make it harder to compete in the global marketplace here in America so companies are forced to ship their jobs overseas. There's nothing more than that. But not to mention, on the national security front, the intellectual property theft, the spying, the censorship in China that is making its way over here to the U.S. Imagine... How fast that could get ramped up if Joe Biden is president and he's beholden to China. And, and I should say, and, and I want to put the document on the screen, in his pitch to the Chinese, 
in his bio, Jim Biden describes himself as an advisor, a current advisor to his brother. So was it clear to you from the beginning that what Jim Biden was bringing to this deal was his relationship with Joe Biden? Yeah, thousand percent, crystal clear. Uh, after I met with Joe Biden the morning of May 3rd at the Milken conference and then was taken backstage um, after Joe had spoken, you know, we joked around for about 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and then I walked him out to his car. I think he was, uh, I think they referenced he was off to see the lieutenant governor. This is Joe Biden. Joe Sorry. Biden, yes. Yeah. And then after that, I went over to the Peninsula Hotel and I sat with Jim Biden for two hours where Jim Biden walked through his history um, and his own words stating all the work and effort he did to get Joe Biden elected initially in Delaware and then through the family history um, and the role that he had played in it. And um, in that meeting, um, remember, I'm the son of a naval officer. I'm a naval officer, was a naval officer myself. And because I held a Q clearance, which is the equivalent of a top secret clearance, um, we're audited every year. So um, if you receive a gift, I think the, the barrier was $25, anything larger than $25, we had to disclose it to the government because obviously anybody with the clearance, the government is watching closely that they're not influenced by the Russians, the Iranians, the Chinese and stuff like that. So as I was listening to Jim walk through this, um, I have a big heart. If you talk to anybody who knows me, they would, uh, they, they would weigh in on that. Um, I'm a kind person. And um, I'm thinking about the Biden family, like, how are they doing this? I know Joe decided not to run in 2016, but what if he ran in the future? Aren't they taking political risk or headline risk? And I remember looking at Jim Biden and saying, how are you guys getting away with this? Like, aren't you concerned? And he sort of he looked at me and he laughed a little bit and said, uh, plausible deniability. He said that out loud? Uh, yes, he said it directly to me, one-on-one -on -one in a cabana at the Peninsula Hotel after about a, you know hour and a half, two-hour meeting, with me asking out of concern, how are you guys doing this? Aren't you concerned that you're going to put your brother's you know, future presidential campaign at risk? Um, you know, the Chinese, the stuff that you guys have been doing already in 2015 and 2016 around the world. And uh, I just can almost picture his face where he sort of chuckles and says, you know, plausible deniability. So he said this is a man who's been drafting off his brother's political career for almost 50 years. He said to your face, essentially, we're, we're lying about it. Uh, uh, anyone uh, watching this interview can look up what plausible deniability means, yeah. and the uh, definition is very distinct. That's remarkable. So I just want to back up a second, just to be clear. You met with Joe Biden twice. Uh, yes, that's correct. What did he say to you after? So he gives his speech to the Milliken Conference. And by the way, this is all checkable, yeah. right? I mean, that was a public event. You can Google it. Well, you can go to Milken. They had to issue me. I didn't. I wasn't attending Milken, so they had to issue me special credentials. A whole team walked out into the valet, the Beverly Hilton, and walked me into that uh, speech that he gave and sat me at the head table uh, in front of everyone. So this is more than checkable. I'm sure there's photos or documentation and stuff. Like yeah, that. the press corps doesn't seem to be rushing to verify this. It's checkable because now th that's another thing is how well documented this is. This is so well documented, whether it's pictures from what Bobolinsky's talking about there, or the text messages that he has, or or uh, it, even flight logs. We we've seen we've seen where 
they've denied being on these trips, whether it be to China or wherever, and we find out they did actually go. Same thing in the early days when we found out Hunter Biden was flying on Air Force Two to these countries and meeting with heads of state at places like China. Ah, that's not happening. And then we find out it did. Flying him to Ukraine to meet with the head of Burisma and then ultimately getting a job. Nah, that didn't happen. Well, it did. He, he was there. All of this has slowly come out and the media has done everything possible they could to bury this story. And we're not going to allow it to be buried any, any longer. Thank God Tucker's got the ratings that he does. So I truly believe a lot of people saw this interview. But for those of you that missed it, that watched this podcast, we're going to make sure you see it as well. Because chances are, if you're watching this podcast, 60 to 80% of y'all are not voting for Joe Biden. But if we can show one person that otherwise wouldn't have seen this, I would rather you know this is happening and still vote for Joe Biden than to just turn a blind eye because you refuse to hear what's going on because the media told you it's Russian propaganda. They just, it was, uh, there was a 10 people running around getting him something to drink and we were backstage in a cramped space and he asked me to walk with him out to the car and he just asked, you know, how I did and uh, what I thought of his speech and uh, I thought he did a great job in the speech and obviously cancer is a very serious thing that we should all be working together to solve. I just lost a sister-in-law within the last two weeks, uh, sadly, to cancer and, um, uh, and then he just sort of asked me to keep an eye on his son and his brother. Yeah. What, what do you think he meant by that? Um, I think it was conscious of things and, you know, I can't speak for him. Uh, maybe right. I would love for him to go on record. Um, you know, as I referenced earlier, I'm only sitting here because they have not, not only have they not gone on record, they've denied it and they've tarred my family name and a long history of serving this country and have other congressmen now talking about Russian disinformation. This whole uh, smear on Joe Biden uh, comes from the Kremlin. I held a top secret clearance from the NSA and the DOE. I served this country for four years in one of the most elite environments in the world, Naval Nuclear Power Training Command. And to have a congressman out there speaking about Russian disinformation or Joe Biden at a, uh, at a public debate referencing Russian disinformation when he knows he sat face to face with me, that I was traveled around the world with his son and his brother, to say that and associate that with my name is absolutely disgusting to me. Now, this is the most important takeaway, in my opinion, because people are going to have their doubts about Tony Bobolinsky. They're going to say this is just a political hit job. And there's plenty of examples of that. You know, it can make somebody cynical when they see one accusation after another, whether it's Kavanaugh or it's Trump or it's Joe Biden or it's whoever. You see accusations of corruption or sexual assault or rape or whatever on a regular basis when it comes to the campaign trail. But this guy is explaining to you why he's doing this and why he hasn't done it in the past. He said, now this guy's running for president. I told him, and he's about to get into his conversations with Rob Walker, who represents the Biden family. He says, I didn't, I didn't want to do this. I wasn't planning on doing it. 
until those in Washington, D.C. decided to call me basically a Russian spy, a Russian asset that is trying to interfere in our elections after myself, after my family, a generations of family members have served honorably this country that that government that I fought for is going to turn their back on me and accuse me of treason, which is exactly what they're doing. That's his reasoning. That is a genuine reason for him to come out and speak about this situation, to blow the lid off of this scandal. That's the most important part of that because it gives it every bit of credibility. Have you, did you complain about that? I mean, to suggest that you were committing treason or a part of a foreign attack on our democracy, which is how they characterized it. I mean, that, that's such a, a serious and, and I think unfair charge. Did yeah. you bring this up with them? Well, in basic form, you're exactly right. They are publicly accusing me of treason right now, um, treating me like I'm insignificant or the uh, 50 years of history that my family served this country is insignificant. And that's why I'm sitting here having this. I assure you, this is the absolute last place I want to be right now and the last thing I want to be doing right now. But I feel like I have a patriotic duty to this country and every American citizen to go on record and to find the facts for them and let them do their own work. Let them decide how they view those facts or not. But for the Biden family to deny these facts and then not only deny them, they could have just said no comment, but they didn't say no comment. They then brought in Russian disinformation and basically associated my name with that, which is absolutely disgusting to me. And I had to go on the record. Last weekend, I was in Virginia. Uh, Sally, my sister-in-law, passed away at around, I think, 6.38 Saturday morning. That's the wife of my brother who spent 28 years serving this country as a naval flight officer and just retired. So you can imagine me dealing with that and the tragedy of that. When I saw Adam Schiff go on record talking about Russian disinformation after this email had been posted online by the New York Post, and remember that email was to me from James Gillier, right? It wasn't, you know, I wasn't blind carboned or CC'd on that. It was to me stating that I was going to be the CEO of this enterprise. Um, I had, uh, I was at the end of my rope. And so I called Rob Walker and I told him that if that statement isn't retracted by Adam, or, uh, Congressman Schiff by midnight on Sunday, that I was going on record and I was disclosing all the facts to the American government, to the American citizen and the world. I was hoping the Bidens would do the right thing or Schiff would retract his statement, but I could not allow another minute, another hour or day for my family's name to be associated or, or muddied up around Russian disinformation. So even as I sit here today, I would ask the Biden family to come on record and stop using my name or associating it with Russian disinformation. It's absolutely disgusting. So this is Rob Walker, the representative of the Biden family. I believe his wife worked for the Biden family. Um, apparently. So you said this to him. I, I won't go public. I just want them to retract the accusation that I'm an instrument of Russian disinformation. What did he say? That's correct. Um, Rob is under a tremendous amount of stress. Right. Uh, obviously, he's a wife and a, and, and a child. And he uh, said, l l listen, let me make some calls. Let me call George, who's Hunter Biden's lawyer, and, and see what I can do. But he sort of presented it as if that's going to be impossible for me to get done. And, um, you know, I'm not naive. I know that's not impossible. To do. That's a single phone call from Joe Biden to Adam Schiff saying, 
basically go on record and retract your statement. You got over your skis. And uh, when I, you know, I was up late that night and when the statement wasn't retracted, come Monday morning, I was ready to go on record. And what, how that record was, I was willing to go in front of any senator, any congressman, the Department of Justice, the FBI. This is what's amazing to me is for some reason, Joe, the Joe Biden campaign's got this attitude of they're untouchable. And that this plausible deniability will wipe clean any scandal that touches their campaign. He stated, it would have been very easy for Joe Biden to call Adam Schiff, who's at the center of what has enraged Tony Bobulinski, and say, hey, Adam Schiff, can you come out and you say that maybe it's not Russian disinformation, but they're in cover mode. And, and Russian disinformation is Adam Schiff's thing. So maybe it's not that impossible now that I think about it. But, but the Joe Biden campaign is almost nonchalant about these things. They know they've got the media covering for them. They know that they're not going to be questioned about it. They don't have another debate where Trump can call them on it. So they think they can just let this fly under the radar nobody's gonna know about it and then we'll get to election day and then we can worry about it on the backside. but they couldn't do that one simple request for tony bobolinsky who said hey i i won't say anything just keep my name out of your mouth quit calling me a russian asset and i'll be done with it i'll wipe my hands clean of it but you're not going to trash my family in this way rob walker who is tied with the Biden family, says, hey, I don't know if I can do it. So Tony says, eh, okay. You made your bed, now you get to lie in it. I or sit here with you, Tucker, and basically provide the facts to the American people and let them make their decision. This isn't a political focus of mine. People were accusing my family of treason um, after I served this country and defended this country. So the reason you wound up here in this interview and, and I, I just want to affirm for our audience, I, I don't think you had any desire to do this interview. Absolutely no desire. Is because nobody else told your story. So were you surprised, given the, the trove of documents you have, given the credibility that I, I think is apparent that you have, that no other news organization took the time to unpack this story? Um, surprised is probably uh, an understatement of the year. Shocked. Because um, it would be different if this was my word against Jim Biden, Hunter Biden, and Joe Biden. Right. That would be a very slippery slope, not something I would take the personal and family risk on it. But I've provided more documents and facts that validate times, meetings, who participated. That email to me on May 13th was generated by somebody else sent to me. It wasn't me generating. These text messages that I've provided are... The documents here are so damning that they're undeniable. That's why the media, the media plays a very important role in this. Because if they were honest, they couldn't deny it. They, they couldn't even spin it. It's all on paper. It's all in pictures. You mix why he's out here doing this, throw in the, the, the documents, the evidentiary documents, and everything else lines up about this story. 
and it should concern each and every American in this country. Hunter Biden in the first person, Jim Biden in the first person, James Gillier in the first person, Rob Walker in the first person. It's not me generating the text messages, it's them speaking. So you can interview them. The FBI can interview them. Our government can interview them. But I was shocked that not only the media is not only discussing this, they're going to the other extreme. They're dismissing it as Russian disinformation. This country has heard enough about Russia. We went through three years of every day, Russia, Russia, Russia. It's just absurd. The Cold War is over. And they're saying it about your family. Yes. We went through four years, four years of Russia, 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 of Donald Trump being a Russian asset, being tied in with Russia, $50 million spent to investigate him and his family and everybody that's come in contact with Trump through his tax returns, through everything Trump has, with a fine-tooth comb, with a, a group of people on that investigative team that had every intention of taking this president down. And they found absolutely nothing. Nothing at all. Yet, here we go, less than a week before the election, and the guy running against Trump is doing the exact same thing they accused Trump of doing. And they won't even talk about it. It's what the Democrats do. It's the Alinsky model. Whatever we do... We accuse our enemies of doing. That way, nobody looks at us for doing it. Because if I set somebody's house on fire, and before anybody even knows what's going on, I say, Jimmy John down the street, I heard he set a house on fire. Well, then you found out a house burned down down the street. You've already got it in your head that Jimmy's been setting houses on fire. So you don't even look at me. You go straight to that guy. It's what the Democrats have been doing for a long time. And you've heard me say it over and over. It happens again and again and again. It's not just Joe Biden either. The Alinsky model was being implemented when Hillary and the Democrats were colluding with Russia to swing the election. That's where all this started. Really, it's just irony that the guy that ultimately ends up running against Trump in 2020 is doing the same thing as well. The Biden family knew that you're going public with this. And you spoke to Rob Walker about it. Again, the, the self-described Biden family representative. And Biden family, the meaning Joe Biden as well. What was his response when you let him know that you were going public with this? Uh trying to coach me, <laughs> trying to sort of say, hey, we don't want to do that. We don't want, you know, press trucks out in front of our house. I'm going to have to move. Uh, I could lose my job. Um, and uh, all that, um, you know, I'm not trying to cause any harm to anyone in this. Rob Walker is so full of it. Absolutely. He knows press trucks are going to be out in front of his house. He knows he's not going to have to move. He knows he's going to have the press covering for him. He knows it's a risk. He knows people like Tucker Carlson and John Hannity and little old Andrew McLean are going to come after you and actually report this story. But he wasn't concerned about the media as a whole. He just didn't want this pesky thing bothering him. And so that's why he made no effort to reach out to Joe Biden 
or Adam Schiff to get him to retract these statements, which would have been very, very easy. Situation, right. let alone Rob Walker and his family, James Gillier and, uh, and his family. Um, but basically, Rob's position was, if you go on record with all these facts, you'll bury all of us. If he doesn't come out on record, I am uh, providing the facts. You're just going to just bury all of us, man. What was your response? Yeah, how nonchalant Rob Walker is. Oh, come on, man. You're going to bury all of us. So that. Um, I was focused on pushing these guys to do the right thing, to demonstrate an ounce of integrity in front of the American people. They all know the facts. I live the facts. And luckily for the American people, all the facts are extremely well documented. I'm irrelevant in this discussion, so I can write off, but the American people can read these texts, listen to the recording that you just played, read the legal documents that were executed in Delaware, and they can form their own conclusion. They don't need me to form the conclusion for them. Give us a sense of your contacts with Hunter Biden. I just, a lot of this is complex. There's a lot that we're not, and this is television, so we're not putting you know, everything that we have on the screen right. because we can't. But for those who might suspect that you don't didn't really have a lot of contact with Hunter Biden, give us a sense of some of the places where you had conversations with him yeah. and over what time frame. So um, obviously, as we already discussed throughout 2015 and 2016, while Joe was still the sitting vice president of the United States, these guys had been doing extensive work around the world in places like Oman, Luxembourg, Romania, that I was being made aware of, but I obviously hadn't come off the bench and agreed to be part of this. I'm, I'm sorry, I've got to interrupt you there. Om Oman, Luxembourg, Romania. Correct. So they don't speak any of these languages. Neither one of these guys has any record of success in business. Neither one has a background in international business. Why would they be doing business in Oman, Luxembourg, and Romania? Uh, because, because they have relationships and they have the Biden name that they're able to set up meetings and get people to jump through hoops uh, in an interest to garner favor with the sitting vice president, Joe Biden. So that, so it sounds like Gillier is a legitimate business guy, a, a you know, someone who's who's yes. fluent in the language of yes. international James business. James Gillier, you know, served his country. He's British. Yes. Uh, he's traveled around the world for decades. He's a very low profile uh, right. individual, but he is uh, he's sharp and he's as legitimate as they come. It sounds it. But Hunter Biden and Jim Biden have a well-documented decades long record of business disasters. Did you get any sense that either one of these guys was qualified to be conducting this kind of business? The only qualification they had was the Biden name. But they seem to have parlayed that into quite a few deals in quite a few countries. And I interrupted you. So, so give me continue with where they were doing these deals. Yeah. So you had asked, you know, uh, the extent of my communication with Hunter Biden. So when I uh, decided to come off the bench and and uh, entertain me in the CEO of Sinohawk Holdings, um, obviously, I was brought up to speed on the work that they had been doing in Oman, Luxembourg, France, Romania, Kazakhstan, and stuff like that, because that was all going to be integrated into Sinohawk Holdings. Um, and so you asked to the extent that I spent time with Hunter Biden. I personally was in Bucharest, Romania with Hunter Biden, Jim Biden, um, uh, James Gillier, Rob Walker. Uh, I was in Monaco. Um, for the you know annual Grand Prix there. Uh, I was supposed to sit with Hunter Biden. Um, I met him, uh, I uh, met on the patio of his hotel 
uh, and I sat there and waited for two hours. Um, and uh, you can imagine how uh, angry and I was frustrated after sitting there for two hours waiting for him without a text, a phone call to let me know I can't make it or I'm tied up. And uh, in a text that I think you guys are aware of and saw, the next day, um, he aggressively comes back at me that uh, he couldn't attend the meeting that he himself set up. I stepped away from family and friends on, on the yacht that I was on with my friends to go sit with him uh, for a couple hours. And uh, he's effectively screaming into the phone that he could not pick up the uh, a phone and text me because he was with the Ukrainians and Mikola, the founder of Burisma, and that he was fighting for the only income he has on the Kazakhstan deal that apparently he negotiated. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. So, uh, uh, Tony Bobulinski, not to diminish him being angry for not, you know, not not getting to have this meeting, for Hunter not showing up, I think we, most of us would be angry. But you are having a meeting with a crackhead, a guy that is smoking crack night and day. And if anybody, I don't know how normal this is, but anybody that's dealt with somebody that's smoking crack or a crackhead, you know they're usually not on time. <laughs> they're usually, they're not very good with commitments when they're smoking crack. And then when you ask them where they are, they do tend to get very angry. Now, I had no exposure to the Kazakhstan deal. I'm not aware of any of the particulars of the Kazakhstan deal. I just know for a fact there is a Kazakhstan deal because Hunter Biden in first person told me there was in the text that I think you guys have and you will show to the American people. Uh, it's not my job to determine what that deal is. I'll leave that up to the FBI or the Senate and the Congress to uh, figure that out. I just want to restate this. You are not a grifter. You're not someone who's selling access. You're a legitimate businessman who's done deals in a lot of different countries. So I just want you to assess once more. Is there anything about Hunter Biden's personal experience, personal qualifications that would justify him doing a deal in Kazakhstan? Uh, absolutely nothing. The only thing that he had was the Biden family name and the fact that his father at one point obviously was a sitting vice president and potentially would run as a future president. It sounds like a remarkably ambitious international business program they had running. Extensive. He and his uncle. Extensive. Um, th this is a small point, but I, I, I can't get over it. So you saw a number of reporters say, again, in an effort to bat away your story, your testimony on this, that the chairman referred to in a bunch of these emails was not Joe Biden. It was, in fact, the government of China. When you see people refer to the chairman thinks this, the chairman thinks that, they're talking about China and not Joe Biden. So I want to put up on the screen. Here is a text message you received from Hunter Biden to you. Hey, Tony, I have an idea. In light of the fact that we are in an impasse of sorts and both James's lawyers and my chairman gave an emphatic no, I think we should all meet in Romania on Tuesday next week. So you're hearing reporters say that chairman was, in fact, the Chinese government. Here you have Rob Walker responding to you, clearly there's some confusion over this, and he's saying, I'm going to put this on the screen now, when he said, when Hunter Biden said his chairman, he was talking about his dad. Correct. 
there's two chairmen in the story. There's Chairman Yee, who is the chairman of CFC. Yes. In that text from Hunter Biden, he was not talking about the chairman of CFC. And what Hunter's referencing there is he spoke with his father, and his father is giving an emphatic no to the ask that I had, which was putting proper governance in place around Oneida Holdings. Again, Hunter's a crackhead, so he just got confused about who the chairman actually was. So Joe Biden is vetoing your plan for putting stricter governance in the company. I mean, and, and it's, it's right here in the emails. Yeah, yeah, Tucker, I want to be very careful in front of the American people. That is not me writing that. That is not me claiming that. That is Hunter Biden writing on his own phone, typing in that I spoke with my chairman, referencing his father. If the world thinks that that my chairman is not his father, then Hunter Biden would come forward and go on record and state to the world. But you my, have the Biden family representatives, Rob Walker, saying right here, May 19th, no. When he said his chairman, he was talking about his dad. Exactly. Wow. But so there is the interview with Tony Bobolinsky and Tunker Carlson. We're assuming that this this video won't get taken down off of YouTube since we actually played that footage from YouTube, but we'll see. If, if so, then you'll still be able to get the audio version, which is, I think, just as effective. But here is what is most bothersome outside of the, the corruption, the national security, and just the, the absurd, the, 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 the fact that the Joe Biden and company weren't just sitting around and having people like lobbyists or whatever approach them, which is what we're used to in government. They sit in they, they, they sit on their golden throne in Washington, D.C., and they have people come to them and try to give them money in exchange for voting a particular way or doing something that will benefit them. This is different because this is Joe Biden and company going around the world and initiating these deals using the Biden name in the seat of the, the, the vice president and potential president to get influence and money around the world, putting every single person in this country in danger. But the most bothersome part is as Nancy Pelosi works on invoking or setting up invoking the 25th Amendment if Joe Biden wins, Democrats and Republicans will then be going after Joe Biden to unseat him. And when that happens, guess what? It's President Kamala Harris, somebody that is further left than Bernie Sanders. Somebody who is more dangerous than Bernie Sanders because she lies about how radical she is. But really, deep down, she will transform this country into something we won't even recognize 10 years from now. That's why this is important. Not just leading up to this election, but what will happen if Joe Biden becomes president. This stuff that is, it, it is proven, it's a fact, can easily take down a sitting president. And then you have Kamala Harris. Just think about that. Make sure your friends who are voting for Joe Biden are not voting at all know this information. You don't have to show them this video. You can tell them yourself. 
but make sure they know the danger this country will be in if Joe Biden wins this election. We're out of here. Thank you all for watching. Make sure you subscribe on the YouTube channel so you can get our upcoming shows. We're going to be talking this week. I'm going to give you absolute definitive proof of voter fraud as well as many other things. You don't want to miss it in the very important lead up to this election. Subscribe, hit the notification bell, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the other platforms, and we will see you next time. Cool.